You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no so all that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode, and with that, another fan episode on the TSR Podcast. I'm sorry we didn't have anything out last Monday. I was on vacation, but it is good to be back, and we have an awesome episode today with probably our most interesting team we've talked about yet. That team is none other than the Washington football team. We also have two fans of the team that have come on for this episode. They're Josh Barker and Trey Tickle. Guys, how are y'all doing? Good, man. Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Doing great, man. There we go, man. Josh, you got the Sean Taylor jersey on. I'm loving that. Trey, you got a jersey on this morning? No, nah, man, none of my jerseys fit, man. Unfortunately, <laughs> all my old players, they don't play for them no more. Yeah, man. You got to get some, uh, some jerseys. Chris Cooley jersey. There you go. There you go. Um, but, no, I've been waiting for this episode for a while, honestly. I think there's just so much stuff to talk about with this team. Um, I think there's a chance we might even run over our time limit a little bit, which is fine if we're all having a good time and talking Washington football. But um, first off, guys, let's give a little bit of an overview of the 2019 season for Washington. Uh, you guys went 3-13. and Obviously, that ended up being fourth in the NFC East. Jay Gruden was fired after week five, after starting 0-5. At that point, interim head coach Bill Callahan took over and continued to go three and eight. Um, what did you guys think about the coaching change midway through the season? I think he needed to go, man, as soon as possible. But you know, yeah, I think so. Josh, what did you think of as of Gruden as a coach, man? Were you never really happy with his performance as a coach? Uh, no, I was never big on him. Uh, I wish he would have been cut before the actual season started. Yeah. I, I thought it was a bad move uh, keeping him the way he did and was just seeing how he could do week to week and if he could like earn his job week to week um i thought that was a little selfish to the team because they never knew what would go on specifically for them i don't mind who they hired after that um yeah bill callahan coming on man i think obviously he didn't have a lot to work with and obviously when an interim head coach comes in it's hard for them to build success especially after starting 0 and 5 the team kind of doesn't know what's going on but we did get to see some good stuff last year we all got to see terry mclaurin man this dude looked like a beast in his rookie season um and he looks like a young and up and coming star at wide receiver for the team also rookie Dwayne haskins he has some up and ups and downs but uh, he ended up going for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions in his last two games, which was against the Eagles and the Giants. Um, obviously, there was some some guys you lost. The biggest one being franchise left tackle Trent Williams. He held out after having issues with the team's medical staff. And that was like a really, really ugly situation. Um, and obviously, now he's with the 49ers. So obviously, you have to figure out something at left tackle. But um, what Bo and myself really want to hear is what you guys thought about last year as fans. I mean, Trey, what did you think of last season? I know it was a lot of ups and downs, man, but what, what was your take on the season? I uh, really couldn't say much, man. It was kind of like a turmoil season, really. You know, new coach coming in, a new quarterback, brand new. I don't know, man. It was a rough, rough starting out. The guys yeah, were but- really, like, shaped up to come into the season. It all really seemed to be. And yeah, Josh, what three, were your thoughts Three wins, on? it was all right. I thought the season actually went the way that I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a bad year, the way everything was going. They hired Case Keenum for the 
job. It really didn't give Haskins what he needed to to really play the entire year and just mm-hmm. putting him in a bad position. And um, it was like, here, man, just you got it now. See what you can do. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really it. like that. Uh, so I figured the year went the, the way it should have, honestly. Yeah, man. Like, obviously, the, the problem for Dwayne Haskins, you know, a lot of people crapped on him a whole, whole lot. But I think what was, was so rough for him is, you know, the line had issues going on. Trent Williams, again, was holding out for the medical staff issues and stuff like that. But then, like, other than Terry McLaurin, you guys didn't have any receiving options. And obviously, we'll get to that in a little bit. But I do want to talk about, obviously, we've talked about the stuff that happened in 2019. Let's talk about the stuff that happened in 2020, and it's going to happen going into this year. You guys hired Coach Ron Rivera. Bo and myself are extremely hype about that for that team. Obviously, Rivera's a two-time NFL Coach of the Year. He's a one-time Super Bowl appearance, or has a has why uh, has one Super Bowl appearance as a coach. Yeah. But what did you think about Rivera coming on, man? I mean, I love it. But I, I thought it, I thought it was perfect. I think I think when he showed up, the team is was still built around the defense, or at least the way that's the way the drafts have been seen, like they have been going outside of the Dwayne Hassan's pick. And I think Ron Rivera is the perfect guy to take that over. You know, and yeah. I think I think the the way the running back room at, at the time, you know, with AP and Darius Geis, uh, Ron Rivera loves a good running back. He loves to, to put the ball in that guy's hands and trust him. They were set up in that aspect, and you know, I don't think Ron Ron Rivera ever had to work with that mess unless I can't remember if he was there for any of uh, Steve Smith's last years, but he didn't have any super elite receivers in his, in his hands, you know, to work with in Carolina ever. They just had a good collective, you know, around like Greg Olson, a, a, a good group of, of B B minus receivers, you know, and then he gets handed a young electric guy like Terry McLaurin now. And then they draft this, you know, Gandy golden kid who we'll get to, you know, and he's got that to work with. I mean, I think he's, perfect guy to usher in confidence in a young quarterback. He's going to do that. You know, he's one of those guys that like players just trust him. You know, he's one of those guys like when they want to help, even if they go going down to find a place to live, you know, they feel like they can call him and get advice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's a good yeah. point to make about the whole thing with the wide receivers, man. I mean, obviously, the the one Super Bowl appearance that Ron Rivera has. I mean, look at look at who he had as receivers. I mean, that, that was that was the year Kelvin Benjamin went out. I'm pretty sure he tore his tore his ACL in uh, training camp, and this guy made a Super Bowl appearance. Obviously, he had Cam Newton, and Cam Newton yeah, was on another level. MVP, yeah, he was on the MVP season and all, but still, you know, it just I just think the team kind of mirrors each other. Yeah, and like you, you made a point too. Rivera is a defensive coach. Josh Trey, we all know how nasty y'all's defensive line is. So I know Ron Rivera's super, super hyped to have guys like that that he can work with. Um, something else that's happening going into 2020, and I think everyone knows this is happening. Uh, Washington has now changed their team name from the Redskins to the Washington football team out of respect pretty much for everything that's been going on recently around the country, around the world for that matter, with race and equality. Um, the team is now looking at a couple different options of names. Uh, they are the Red Tails, the Red Wolves, the Red Clouds, the Warriors, yes. the Generals, and my least favorite, the Hogs, which I, I just feel like, figure like that's like <laughs> such an outlier. I don't understand why the Hogs are, are an option. But Josh, I'm going to ask you first, man, out of the Red Tails, the Red Wolves, Red Clouds, Warriors, Generals, and Hogs, what 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 would you like to see the the team name change to? If you, in your in your opinion, what would you like to see it as? Uh, to be honest, I really like the Red Wolves. It kind of sticks with the culture. That's my of, favorite for sure. Uh, the the Redskins, quote unquote. 
I don't I, like, I, I, I like the Red Wolves, dude. The Washington Red Wolves to me sounds like such a such a cool name. Like I feel like that's instantly the coolest. I think it name. sounds like an arena football league team, personally. It yeah. does. It does. <laughs> yeah. It's such a cool name. Trey, what would you want, man? I know like they're saying like the odds. I don't I don't know what the odds are, like if you're looking at Bovada or anything. But I think like the the best odds are for the Red Tails. But what would you want, Trey? At all of them, man. Like I said, the Red Wolves does sound the best out of all of them, to be honest. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree. I don't really know. I don't know. I know there's some stories behind why they want some of these names. I don't know if the Red Wolves, like Josh said, is because of the native reason. I really don't. I don't yeah, know even I, what the Red Cloud stands call for. Call me crazy. I like Washington Warriors. Call me Dude, crazy. Okay, so I like that too, man. And I, I feel like that's also, you know, they're talking about, I mean, Easy, the Red Skins becoming Warriors. I think yeah. that's a really cool dynamic. I guess the Washington Generals is more because of them being in D.C., I imagine. I mean, that's cool, um, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a cool name. I don't really, I know the Red Tails, I know that's, to give respect I just think to, to generals to, would be kind of corny theme in my opinion like like red wolves or or warriors would you know they could come up with a cool a cool you know like merchandise scheme and all that but i mean even the red tails they could i mean i, I think the red tails would be a great thing they'd be a great way to pay homage to those guys i just yeah. really don't want it to be the washington hogs I, I, just, I, I don't think that's gonna happen i think we'll like all sit here and concur y'all have like no idea i don't like it i don't, want I don't that like it either that's their like their little fan base too, you know, when the, all the guys sitting out front wearing all the hog hats and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And like Hog Nation is like the big, yeah, beat, yeah. The big beat site. That's right. It's like the SB Nation. Yeah, so I'm site. guessing that's probably where that came from. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really don't like the Warriors, man. I don't like it at all. When I hear really? the Warriors, I instantly think of Golden State. Yeah, um, I'm so I don't want. True. I don't want that to be like. Are there, are there any franchises we're trying question. to like? Are there any other leagues with crossing over names that like you know in each league there's one name the same thing like that like like they NFL cross, Warriors? And but NBA I don't Warriors. think I don't think there's like two to where you instantly think of them at the same time. Yeah, I you see what okay, I'm that's saying? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like the Warriors are just dominated. You're automatically going to think Golden State. They had a dynasty. I mean. When I want something for the red, well, yeah, the, I want to think of Draymond while I'm watching football. Yeah, I want it to be something <laughs> unique. I want it to then, once you hear that, you instantly think of that. When you hear the Redskins, you think of Washington immediately. Yeah, so you I do. want something to replace that very simple and then transition. And I think immediately, like, I think we've all agreed pretty much the Red Wolves is our favorite option. And I think if you, you make it Red Wolves, like, no one else is going to match that. No, when you talk Red Wolves, you're going to think Washington. I mean, I think that that, you know, to what you're saying, Josh, you want you want a name that when you when they say this name, it means your team. Like you yeah. don't want to be confused with somebody else. And I completely get that. Um, guys, also, I want to talk about this. That's that's something that's come up and it's not a great topic. Um, recently, there were accusations made by 15 female former employees that said team executives and member and members of team owner Dan Snyder's inner circle sexually harassed and verbally abused them from 2006 to 2019. Um, I'm going to come out and say this real quick. This isn't a good look for Dan Snyder, and I, I hate it for the team because obviously this shouldn't make Washington look bad. Um, as a team, obviously people are going to look down on the organization for this, but I think you know, Dan Snyder's already been pressured for a while now to sell the team. And now he's getting a ton of pressure from the minority owners who, who have stakes in the team as well. They want him to sell the team. He's come out and said he has, he has no um, interest in selling his stake at all. 
Um, but I'm just going to say Snyder's been on the hot seat for a while. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see where this heads and, you know, where time takes this. Bo, what was your thought when this first came out about the sexual allegations? I I don't I didn't know what to think. I was I was like how how could it run this deep into the organization was my one of my first thoughts. And then my next thought was to like go go online and text friends of mine. They're from the Washington area, you know, like born and raised up there and and they I mean someone told me they had you know heard rumors of of the stuff. I mean I I forgot did you mention the stuff with the cheerleaders and the Dude, the, I did not new I did photos. Not. I didn't yeah, so even bring up all that because yeah. it was just so much stuff to talk about. I, I could yeah. go ten minutes on with the allegations. Yeah, so like, yeah, and they had heard, you know, rumors of stuff like that happening in the past, like just, just you know, through the grapevine, you know, like in, you know, in people's basements, just people, you know, gossiping, you know. So I couldn't believe it would run that deep, but it, you know, at the same time, you know, money and power, you guess, you know, you could feel entitled to things, including your. Your chance with women around you, which is a, which is not a good thing. It's it's you know they're getting what's deserved whenever they do come down with the punishment or or exactly. anything. Uh, Josh Trey, do you you know are y'all have y'all been fans of Snyder or have y'all pretty much wanted Snyder to get out of there? I've been gone, man. I, I mean, I wish he was gone yesterday. Yeah, man. I, that's like the feeling. I feel like a lot of Redskins fans think, um, or Washington fans think. Excuse me, um, but. I, I don't know, man. Snyder, obviously, I think he's going to get so much pressure to sell the team that eventually I think he might. Um, I think you can only stay in that situation for so long. But we'll, we will see what happens with it. Obviously, that's something to keep an eye on. And then, guys, to top it all off with stuff going on, go heading into 2020, um, just last week, running back Darius Geis was arrested with domestic violence charges that include one count of strangulation, three counts of assault, and battery and one count of destruction of property. Um, this resulted in the team cutting him after drafting him in the second round of the 2018 NFL draft. Um, I'm just going to say it's very sad to see this happen, especially to a guy that seemed to always be smiling and be willing to take time to talk to fans. I always saw him talking to fans on Twitter. I know, Bo, you saw the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's bad, too, man. The dude could just never stay healthy. I remember in that 2018 draft, this dude looked like, I mean, this guy could have been a franchise running back for this team. Obviously, that's why they took him in the second round. And it just yeah. did not pan out like that at all. But um, that's just some of the stuff I want to talk about heading into 2020. Guys, we'll jump into the free agency here. Um, so let's jump into key free agency additions and departures. I'm going to go through some of these ads, guys. And now I want you to tell me who were your favorite ads. Um, the first ad is cornerback Ronald Darby coming in from the Eagles. Um, this guy's a big addition to the secondary, and it makes it even better that he is coming from a division rival. Um, he battled through injuries last year, but still played very well. He posted 37 tackles, two interceptions, and 11 pass deflections, um, and that was in 11 starts. So I think he's going to start right away. We'll get to the depth chart later. There, Y'all may have a different opinion, but I do think Ronald Darby's going to start right away. Um, then running back Peyton Barber, Bo, comes over from the Bucs. Yeah. We were just talking about him with uh, Jack, man. Yeah. I don't think – He's he okay, so he's a big name guy because he's coming from the Buccaneers. But I think I, I don't know, man. I don't think I like Bryce Love as an option. I think, you know, me and me, you and Josh were talking a little bit earlier about this. AP, you know, I think he can give us one good one more good year. Yeah. I mean, and then obviously you've got Antonio Gibson coming in from Memphis. I see Peyton Barber buried behind kind of a, a stable of running backs and I don't see him getting a lot of touches. Yeah, I, could, I, I agree. Rotate rotational snaps like late in games, garbage time. If you're going to see a lot of Peyton Barber, exactly, man. And AP and Antonio Gibson, I, th I got a feeling they're going to lock this down this year for them to run him back. 
But I will say this, you know, Darius Geis getting hurt <clears throat> and now leaving the team. This is, I mean, uh, I mean, getting in trouble and now leaving the team. Um, I think it does open the door a little bit for Barber, but I don't think it opens it enough for him to see valuable time. Um, and then obviously, guys, y'all, y'all signed Cornelius Lucas. He started eight games for the Bears last year in 2019 at left tackle. Um, he's most likely going to be the starter at left tackle since Trent uh, Williams is now gone from the team. Um, he also has experience playing right tackle in the league, which, you know, adds a little bit of versatility to the offensive line. So I like that a lot. Um, and then I think my favorite ad you guys had is um, Kendall Fuller coming from yeah. – he's coming back to Washington, man. Coming back to Washington. Yes, sir. Two years with the Chiefs, Tech, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. There you go, man. Um, you know he played really well during his time with the Chiefs, but uh, he was hurt most of the season last year. However, Bo, listen to this: in 2018, this guy put up 82 tackles, two interceptions, and 12 pass deflections. This guy was was popping off on the stat sheet, man. But I think yeah. Fuller. I expect Fuller and Ronald Darby to both start on opposite sides of each other. I think those are going to be the starting uh, cornerbacks for the team. Obviously, Bo, you know Sean Davis, safety coming from the Steelers. I think he's going to end up starting um, opposite of Landon Collins at safety. And then my, yeah. I said Kendall Fuller's my favorite, but I'm going to be honest with all of y'all. My favorite ad y'all got was linebacker Thomas Davis. I can't believe Sean Davis is going to come right in and start. I mean, good for him. I think but he is, man. I, I think yeah, he is. I mean, yeah, for sure. He, he, for sure. He's a – I don't know. I just think he's kind of average. I mean, I don't. I don't think he'll. I think he'll end up making you more mad than anything. Well, yeah, I, I like him better than Josh Norman. I tell you that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. Josh Norman shipping off to the Bills. Josh, what were you saying though about Sean Davis? Uh, I think I agree with Bo. I think he's an average player. But I mean, Troy A, the guy by, right behind him, who mm-hmm. who played for us last year in that spot. He he. I think Sean Davis would just do a better overall job than him. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. cover a little bit more field. He's a smart guy. I think he's. I think he's like speaks like four or five languages or something crazy like that. Yeah, he it, he does. I actually saw that too. Uh, I don't know, man. I just don't think the Redskins have another option that's better than Sean Davis. That's like my yeah. take. I just don't think that they have. I mean, a guy he started that, for the Steelers, but well, they he, got go, exactly. he got his job taken. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, either way, either way, I think he comes in. and He starts. I think it was a solid ad for their secondary. For sure, especially since he has starting experience with the Steelers. I mean, that's big time starting experience, man. Oh yeah, but, I mean, he started a lot of games in I think his first two years. But then obviously y'all got linebacker Thomas Davis. I say Kendall Fuller's my favorite. I may have to go with Thomas Davis. I just think it's so cool Ron Rivera going out and getting a guy that he knows he can trust and a veteran at that. Um, I think pretty much I think Thomas Davis is like 37 now. But I'm gonna be honest. I think the dude comes in and starts. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think he comes in and starts gotcha. for you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. But. Which, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just being a little bit biased with Thomas Davis, but um, I, I think he can come in and start. And I just think he's a great locker room guy and a great mentor for other linebackers. Just a, just a good guy to, to learn from and do things the right way. But, but Trey, Josh, either one of y'all that want to go first, who, were your, who was your favorite add to the team? I guess, Trey, you've already spoken up with the Kendall Fuller. You said that's your favorite? Um, what about J.D. McKissick, man? Okay. All right. We didn't even bring up McKissick. All right. I yeah. actually did not even think about that. So, are you hyped to have JD come into the team? That's it's another good little rotation in there. Yeah, it is, mate. I don't know where all these guys are going to fall. I swear the Redskins have more running backs on their roster than anybody. I think I, it's actually kind of ridiculous. And all they the guys five, that they, they have, have five guys that can make another team definitely in the NFL for sure. And all the guys feel more ahead, unrestricted free agents though. Yeah, that's true. Dale Smallwood, true. Chris Thompson. Few of them are UFAs, but you know. Yeah, well, I think, man, what's what's wild about y'all's running back room is the fact that 
all of these guys have experience, like st- starting or playing significant snaps. Like Peyton Barber was a starter. <clears throat> J.D. McKissick saw a lot of time playing. I remember when he popped off, it was yeah. like 2017 or 2018 for the Vikings. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. Or am I getting that wrong? Am I confusing that with somebody? Detroit, I think. Detroit Lions. Detroit, Detroit. Who am I thinking of? Who is the, I'm thinking about Jarek McKinnon. God, man, I yeah. get him confused all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But no, dude, I think McKissick, again, dude, I think I think he still has the ability. He's obviously still – I'm not confused about him uh, seeing a solid amount of time on the field. And I think he's performed well in his time on the field. And I don't know, man, Bryce Love coming out of Stanford. Y'all, y'all just got so many guys, man. I, I, I think it's really impressive. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this rotation works out. Josh, who was your favorite ad, man? Was it a guy that we didn't mention or was it someone we mentioned? So it was one you actually mentioned. I actually love the Thomas Davis sign as yes. well. Yes. Uh, I think it was key to uh, really the back side of our defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas comes in knowing how R- Rivera works. He knows yep. his mindset. He knows the drive this dude has. He's a vet. He's actually, I think he's a captain vet at that. So he's he going to really shape that back end of the direct, defense. He's going to direct traffic big uh, time. I love it. I think it plays very well with the people we're going to have, like, lining up next to him. You know, Ruben yeah. Foster is going to be coming back off that injury. I think Davis is going to shape him up a lot, tell him what he needs to do, how to get better. Um, yeah. I love it. Um, Nobody but, knows how to come back from injury like Thomas Davis, dude. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it was an amazing pickup. Loved it. Dude, so I forgot all about – no bullshit. I forgot all about uh, Ruben Foster, man. And obviously, Josh, exactly right with, with what you just said. Thomas Davis coming in and being able to work with Ruben Foster and Ruben Foster being a guy that has had problems with off-the-field issues – I think that is perfect because Thomas Davis is going to be able to, you know, kind of help Ruben Foster, like show him the way a little bit, like, you know, show him yes. what to do and what not to do. I, that's a perfect point, man. I did not even think about that. See, this is why we bring fans on, bro. They, they point yeah. out stuff like this that we're not even thinking about. But I don't know, man. Again, I'm with you, Josh. I love the Thomas Davis. Um, Trey, obviously, you're a huge fan of Kendall Fuller and, and J.D. McKissick. Bo, do you have a favorite ad that they had? Um, yeah, probably, probably either Thomas Davis or Ronald Darby, just bringing in experience. Um, just, you know, guys, guys, you know, can play. I mean, they've been watching Ronald Darby play and they're in their same division, uh, twice a year. You know what I mean? They know what they're getting. They've, they've seen the tapes. I mean, one of those two signs they needed, they needed the depth and the experience on both ends and they're in the linebacking core and in the DB room. But yeah, like, I mean, the probably, but Overall, Thomas Davis. I mean, you got, like you said, you got Reuben Foster coming back, and then the Cleeky Hudson's joining, coming in as a new linebacker. Cole Holcomb's young and shows promise. There's just a lot of guys with the right, yeah, with the right leadership and and tutelage. You know, they can really, really blossom. And 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 under Ron Rivera, who I feel like they're committing to for a few years, you know, they can actually grow and blossom with the team. And their D coordinator, Jack Del Rio, no one's going to get them going better than that guy. No, he's full of energy at all times. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like I said, I think we all have some some great favorites, but I think the team did a good job of getting guys they needed in there. So let's talk about the guys they lost. We've already talked about Darius guys. 
I, I this may be the biggest one. I mean, and probably is. He was he was probably the most talented player in Washington's backfield. I think we could probably all agree on that. Just based off potential alone, I think he was the most talented, which is why it's said we won't see that potential blossom into something possibly with the team. Um, and I, you know, unfortunately, he made some uh, mistakes, and unfortunately, there were injuries that that you know hurt his time in Washington. Um, obviously, Case Keenum too. Josh has already mentioned him. Um, Keenum left the team. He's now headed to Cleveland to back up quarterback Baker Mayfield. Um, I thought that Washington could have kept Keenum as somewhat of a mentor and a veteran for Haskins to learn from. But obviously, as I think Trey said right before we got started, Alex Smith is now off the pup list. Is that what you said, Trey? Yes, sir. So, yeah, so yeah. I guess you've got a veteran coming in now that, uh, you know, Haskins is, can still learn from. And I'm sure we'll talk later on about the did you watch the? Did you see the video of him at his house walking out, like, celebrating I did not. his family? I did not. I need to go see he's, it. He's got a weird, weird little walk right now. Yeah. yeah I don't sure. know how it's going to go. I don't know how long it's going to be till he can actually see time. I don't know what – with the time frame for that is. But um, speaking yeah. of Case Camp, also Kyle Allen has also joined the team to serve as a primary backup for Haskins. So so I think that's why, you know, I guess they felt good letting Case Keenum walk. Obviously, Rivera's also familiar with Kyle Allen as well. Um, also, dude, one of my favorite players for Washington that at least I've watched recently was running back Chris Thompson. And it's going to be really weird not seeing Thompson play in red and yellow this season. Um, he's so electric, man. And at times... Uh, with the team, with uh, or during his stint with the team, this guy saved my fantasy seasons, man. <laughs> he was like a sneaky fan, fantasy pick, man. He always helped me out. Um, but he is going to join the Jacksonville Jaguars and play alongside Leonard Fournette to, I guess, allow a little bit of a change of pace back in that rotation. And then, dude, another guy, like just guys that like mean a lot to Washington fans, Jordan Reed. And I know this dude was super inconsistent during his time with the team, but I, I just think like, he had such a polarizing time in Washington. Would you say that's the best way to describe it, though? I think it's yeah, the, yeah. the way that it was it, play, plagued by injuries and like re- repeated concussions. I mean, it just it couldn't keep him out on the field. Like best ability is, is availability, and he just he wasn't available. Yeah, man. He, he he listen to this. He's only played in 19 games since 2017, and three years he's only showed up in 19 games, wow. which is which is you you need more consistency than that. He's to now be going honest. To, I thought that's more than he played. <laughs> yeah, he played. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't even remember those 19 games to be honest with that's you. Hilarious. He was always off. <laughs> that's yeah. so funny. Um, obviously he's going to the 49ers now too. I guess I guess he's ring chasing, man. I mean, I hate to say players are doing that, but I feel like that could be what he's doing at this point is ring chasing um in 2020. I wouldn't say he's ring chasing because you just had Trent Williams go over there. You got Mike Shanahan. I guess, I guess that's true, but see, I, from the, there, they the only reason I say it. that is because of I don't see Jordan Reed getting a lot of playing time there. Like obviously we know George Kittle is there. I mean, maybe Shanahan draws up something, man, but I, I don't safety blanket for in case I mean, Kittle maybe, takes a week out a week out or something like that. You know, maybe, maybe that is Kittle gets a concussion, you know, then you got Jordan Reed to step in. Ring chasing may be a little bit strong of a comment. Okay. That may be I a mean, little bit strong. He kinda it's a he has a it's a comfort level for sure with his friends and his old coaches there but it's just really convenient that they're really really good 
Yeah, 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 just a little yeah. bit convenient, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> they just happen to be fight. Super Bowl contenders. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Josh, Trey, what were like? Th- what one guy to y'all did you hate losing the most? And not even like you know if it's Jordan Reed, like maybe you, you, he obviously didn't play that much, but he was a big part of your team and it's who y'all are fans of. Who was the guy? I'll ask you first, Josh. Who was the guy you hated losing the most? Was it Darius Guys, Jordan Reed? Who was it? Uh, Darius Guys definitely hurts the worst. It's- mm-hmm. It's it's a very fresh wound, right oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it cuts deep. Um, it hurts. I thought he was going to be a monster, uh, but I really liked Chris Thompson. I mean, yeah, he always showed up at key moments when we needed him. He was always healthy, and that's that's a key thing. He was always there for us, and I mean. He was such an electric player, man. Chris Thompson was was so much fun to watch. Um, Trey, who who's the one guy you hate losing, man? I would have to agree with uh, Darius Geis, man. Um, had high hopes for the guy, man. But as soon as he came in this year, he tore his ACL in the preseason game. Yep, preseason game, and man. Stay, stay, stay injured. Stay yeah, injured, dude. man. I was like, yeah, can we get him out on the field, man? Because I thought he was going to be a good running back for us, man. Dude, I saw good him better. score score a touchdown last year, and it made me so happy. I was like, okay, like this guy's got it. Like he's he figured it out. And then, then in the off season, he comes out and he gets like a domestic violence charge. Yeah. And I'm like, why, why, bro? Like, why did you he go just out? And looks do this? like a starting NFL running back. He when does. he walks out there, yeah. you're like, give him the rock. You know, you just yeah, see him running. He's massive, and dude, the way he runs, he's a hard. It's almost, vin- it's almost vintage. It is vintage, dude. He has a really, really unique running style that you, you don't see from a lot of backs. And that's why I liked him so much, man. And I wish he could have stayed healthy. Like you said, Trey, I think this dude literally, if he could have just stayed on the field, this guy had yeah. so much potential, man. But obviously it didn't play out like that. Uh, but guys, talking about guys that were added to your team, though, let's talk about the 2020 draft class. Um, I'm going to go over the class here real quick. We'll say what rounds you got, what guys in. So obviously, round one, you guys got a stud you guys got an animal and chase young um edge coming from ohio state um in round three you guys got antonio gibson who is pretty much literally a swiss army knife um yes. i'm gonna say wow he's a running back wide receiver hybrid from memphis round four you got sadiq charles offensive tackle from lsu round four my personal favorite antonio gandy golden the wide receiver from liberty round five keith ismail center from san diego state Round five, again, Kaliki Hudson, linebacker from Michigan. Round seven, Cameron Curl, safety from Arkansas. And then round seven, a guy that I think is sneaky is James Smith-Williams, the edge from NC State, just giving you guys more edge talent, as if you need any more at this point. <laughs> um, I mean, so I'm going to say this. I, I got to say this on Chase Young. I've been waiting to say something about Chase Young all season, man, and now I'm on the Washington podcast, so I can't. Obviously, this is the biggest player in this class, and I don't really know what else to say other than this guy is just special. I've already projected him, and Bo, I don't even know if you know this. I've already projected him to come out and break the rookie sack record of 14 and a half that was set by Javon Kears in 1999. I think think Chase Young comes out and breaks that sack record. I think he's that special. I, 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 that's literally just how good I think this guy is. A big year of predictions for you, Jacob. It is a big year, man. You got, you got, you got the uh, Super Bowl and, and the MVP, Super Bowl team and the MVP on the same team and the Defensive Player of the Year. Hey, it's gonna <laughs> and be you're a big predicting year. the rookie it's sack record get me, broken. Bro. It's a big year for me. But I think between That's him tough. having the length, the athletic, the strong build that he has, it, it, having the, he, he can beat you on the inside or the outside. The guy has everything you want 
you know, from a franchise pass rusher. Yeah. And I mean, you know, just t- turn on the film. I, mean, I know you've seen it, seen it, yeah. and guys, I know as fans, y'all have watched it too. The dude's unstoppable. Dude was literally unstoppable at at Ohio State. And I'll be honest with you, I like him coming in this year. I like him better than Nick Bosa last year. And to be honest with you, I probably like him better than Joey Bosa when he came out in his draft class. What was it? Twenty what? Seventeen, I think. Twenty eighteen. But I don't know. I just like him more than those guys. Uh, Trey, how hype are you when y'all got Trey, Chase Young? And I'll be honest with you, did y'all want someone else? Were y'all hoping to go a different direction? No, man. I say we couldn't pass up on Chase Young, man. That He's a freak. Freak coming off the side, man. Coming off the edge, man. Such a freak be, to add that guy. He's going to be an impactful player, that's for sure. Oh, for sure, man. Josh, what did you think about Chase Young, man? Are you Are you a huge fan? Uh, I am a huge fan. I love him. Uh, I don't think you could draft anyone else besides him in that position. Right. I mean, you put uh, you gonna have De'Aaron Payne right beside him. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna cause ruck, ruckus right oh, there. Oh, dude. Oh, talk to me, Josh. Him and I, him I, him and I, I feel like too. You, yeah. I mean, I love it, man. I think it's a beautiful spot. I, he he really kills it for our draft i mean you could have him and then a bunch of mediocre players right behind it and you're still gonna be like oh yeah the washington had a killer draft because they got chase young i mean he's the crown jewel yeah he's he's the crown jewel man i mean and i i can already tell just in your voice josh you're gonna you're gonna have a chase young jersey in the future so go ahead and tell me when you get that jersey just say i told you now jacob can't get it jacob (laughs) ordered a joe burrow won't be here till october yeah it's all back until october i'm pretty you know i might as well get it now so it could just be the it'll be here by christmas bro Hey, <laughs> it might be a collector's <laughs> item. Hey, there you go. Yeah, this might be the only year that you're the Washington football team. So yeah, hey, there you true. go. There you go. That that is true. Maybe the only one with that jersey. Man, I didn't even think about that. That would actually be kind of cool. Um, but wild. guys, in, in round three, you guys got Antonio Gibson. I've already said that. Um, <clears throat> the dude is a hybrid. He, he's he's kind of like I said. He's a Swiss Army knife. I think he's going to see a lot of time on the field for you guys just because of the versatility. Um, that he has and you know to be honest I've already heard he's he's learning routes in the route tree to help out out at receiver because obviously receiver is a weakness for you guys Um, I can't wait to see what the team has has in store for this guy I think he's definitely going to make an immediate impact to the team in round four you guys got Sadiq Charles the offensive tackle from LSU this dude played a major part in a championship winning offensive line last year for the Tigers, but I do think he'll probably move to guard at the next level. Bo, you might disagree with me. I do think he's pushing uh, inside. That's now. what they're. That's what they're. Yeah, that's what they got him put over there. I mean, he's I a mean, he's a great athlete. I mean, I can see it happening. Yeah, I definitely think. I think he's gonna be great at pulling. It's, it's, I, obviously, he's yeah. not gonna start, but I, I think he'd just be really good at pulling and getting to the second level and mauling guys. Um, but again, since he already has the overall experience playing tackle in college, he's gonna immediately add depth and versatility to the offensive line. So y'all got a lot of. He's a he's a high school defensive lineman too. He's a yeah, four star D lineman in high school. Dude, the rate that these guys change positions nowadays is kind of insane. It, it's really insane. His body but, just might fit that guard, and his athleticism just might fit guard better. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and then my personal favorite again, Antonio Gandy Golden. Um, from Liberty, which is near here up in Lynchburg. Uh, this dude, I think, comes in right away, sees a solid amount of playing time and targets. Um, I think especially, Josh, you touched on it earlier, losing Kelvin Harmon was just like a shot in the foot to an already weak wide receiver room. Now you lose that guy who had experience playing last year and played pretty well. Um, but Gandy Golden, man, I call him AGG. I don't know why, Bob. I just like to give all these guys nicknames for some reason. Um, 
I think you know, obviously he's a he's a big body wide receiver with an absolutely. I mean, I don't I don't even know if there's a word for it. His catch radius is out of this world. Like it is he, the the wingspan. This guy's got everything. It, it, it's incredible. Um, I need. I think he needs to work on his route running a little bit, and I think he at times does struggle, at least on film. He struggles with physical corners that try to get up and fight him at the line of scrimmage. I think he needs to get past that. But I think he's also a very capable blocker, which is going to help him impress coaches and get him on the field more. Um, but what do you have to say about Antonio Gandy-Golden? Like you said, I mean, just the ball skills and high pointing in it is really everything. He's got good, strong hands. I mean, 17 contested catches last year at, at Liberty pretty much says everything. I mean, he's a guy that uh, he's – I don't think he's going to be that great at separating with his route running. Um, he's going to have to use his size and strength to beat guys, press coverage, and then and win the 50-50 ball. I think that's what you're going to see him is you're going to see a lot of fades and stuff in the end zone to him. Um, and because he's a four six forty guy, I mean, it's going to be hard. He'll be able to beat some guys, you know, over the over the top. But I wouldn't expect him to be out there burning people like Terry McLaurin does. But you're going to have to depend on his athleticism and his size on these corners, you know, and these get him, get him, get him in a miss in a mismatch with somebody that's much smaller than him. And if you put a five nine or five ten corner on him, he's going to oh, it's kill over. Him. He's going to kill him. And if and you just got to figure out what you're going to do, where are you going to put him? Because I believe he played all on the outside at Liberty, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, and so you just got to figure out where you're going to line him up to get him on someone smaller than him. I mean, there are a lot of big corners coming out now, and so a lot of these safeties now are six foot, six foot one, you know, and and the linebackers are athletic. But I mean, he, he's no one's going to be able to go up and get the ball from him. No, no, they're not, man. And I think <clears throat> again, he's he likes. He likes it when corners play off coverage on him, but yeah. he's got to get over that dude because you're going to see in a the, lot of press man. In, in this, in the Senior Bowl, guys were glued to him in main coverage because oh, okay. he's not a he's not a separator. So no, like you not. saw him catch tough balls, but like every ball they throw him, he'd have to fight for because he's not getting away from them. And NFL corners are going to be even stickier. They're just going to have to figure out how what what routes are going to be effective for him as a rookie until they can get another you know get him. They can probably work him down below a four six. They probably get him to lose a little weight, maybe get a little faster. But you know, but he's going to have to win these fifty fifty catches. He's, yeah, and that's what his bread and butter is, pretty much. Yeah. He's got to make sure that his bread and butter is what he's performing best at. Yeah. I mean, um, it's what it's what Terry McLaurin really isn't. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Isn't that big specimen? Dude, I it's love a good Terry compliment. McLaurin. I love Terry McLaurin. I know he's, you guys do yeah, too. It's fans. much bigger than Steven Sims too. Like, yeah, yeah. We needed we needed that big wide receiver. We needed that guy that's on the outside, man. We needed that wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I just wish you know Josh was talking about Kelvin Harmon and. Gandy Golden, like if you could just have McLaurin, Harmon, and Gandy Golden, like out there at the same time. Same time. That's what I'm saying, man. Just I feel like it if never you was to out. bunch them up together on the oh same side. Gosh. You do like Run a three yeah, box but, bunch yeah. on the right side. Oh my god, god. Ooh, that that would be incredible. Yeah, I just think I don't I don't know. I think he's going to end up being a steal in y'all's draft in round four. I think the value y'all got with that guy is just so good. I think it's just – I'll be honest with you. I like Antonio Gibson, but I, I think the value – I think Ant, Antonio Gandy Golden comes out and makes more of an impact right away than Antonio Gibson does. And I'm, I'm projecting Antonio Gibson yeah. to be like second yeah. on the depth chart in running Antonio backs. Gibson well, you needs gotta, to find a way to get a lot of catches this year. He does. He you does. Who are you saying, Johnson? We drafted Gibson as a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah y'all did. Y'all did. So, so I guess 
so yeah. what's weird about Gibson is he he ran the ball less times than he caught it in college, yet he played running back. It's so yeah. weird, man, the way well, some of these guys move around. The guy's exit might just solidify him being running back now, though. Yeah, 100%. With guys leaving, it it made it easier on the coach, honestly. Yeah, the decision to do. much easier. But, yeah, but I mean... My question, let me ask you this, Josh. Let me ask you this. So, obviously, this was... Y'all drafted Antonio Gibson before Geis' exit, right? Before, yeah. So, what do you what do you think y'all drafted him for? Do you think y'all I, drafted him I, to I, model him into a wide receiver? I think... I mean, this is just me thinking and just speaking out. Um, maybe Rivera had a mindset that he – I don't think he could ever be like McCaffrey, no, but he no, could no. play a role the way he does. Yeah, I mean, put him out wide. Steven Sims played in the slot most of last year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I feel like Gibson would be a better wide receiver than Steven Sims. I'd I mean, Steven Sims – Played decent for us. I mean, glad we had him. But, I mean, Gibson could play a, a better slot than him for sure. So, I, I mean, think, might be, I think you're right. It that. might be like a Chris Thompson replacement, like a, you know, a dual, like kind of, you know, run, go out wide. Okay. I didn't think about that. Yeah. You're actually right. That could be a guy y'all trying to get in there. But, you know, if they already knew that Chris Thompson was already heading out and everything, which obviously they did because that happened in free agency. They may have been going in there and be like, all right, look, we got to get a change of pace guy. But I do think it's interesting, though, that they have him learning the route tree, which, I mean, like Josh just said, maybe it's because, you know, they want him to kind of model Christian McCaffrey's game because Christian McCaffrey knows a lot more of the route tree than most running backs. Right. Oh, and maybe yeah. they want maybe they want <laughs> yeah. Antonio Gibson to be the same thing. I mean, that is interesting. Wow. But right. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with him. Uh, guys, moving on. Round five, Keith Ismail. Y'all just got more offensive line depth. Um, it's pretty much – obviously, he was a center coming out of San Diego State, but I think he can move all over the interior. Um, so, I think that's just good depth to add. Uh, Kaliki Hudson, Bo, you were just telling me stuff I did not know about this guy. He was he played all his time at safety and is now changing positions, it looks like, looks like to linebacker in the <laughs> NFL. I, I feel like – I don't know if that's because of a little bit of depth issues with the, the Washington team – um, at that position, I, think, I don't know. I don't think it's for him. I think it's to help you him think make it is? the team. Yeah, I okay. mean more more than Washington. I mean, I mean. But he's what just I'm a, saying is, is he big, doing that? Is he doing that because that's he what should, he has to do to he, make the team? He's his. He's fits the. He fits what guys are, like the build of these guys coming in at linebacker now, and his high his tape. Is is his tackling basically is made up of his tackling. He had like a hunting. He had 102 tackles last year in Michigan. I mean, he and he's like runs like four or five six. I mean, then he's six foot one. I think like two twenty. I mean, that's like it's like it's like Patrick Queen out there. Pretty pretty much almost the same build. He might be a little heavier, you know, and he can run. I mean, he was he's basically Landon Collins but thicker. You know, he's one of those hybrid players. Exactly. I mean, he's exactly. Mm-hmm. And his weakness is probably going to be going up and getting the ball from guys. He's not ball skills aren't the best thing, but in linebacker, you know, hopefully they just won't get him lined up like that. Yeah, I, I agree. And like you just said, Trey, if you want to be successful in defense now in the NFL, you have got to have hybrid players. You've yeah. got to have players that can play multiple positions. Out. Exactly, you got to stand yeah. out, and you got to be versatile. At this point, you That's have right. to be versatile. I mean, look at look at. I know all of us know who Isaiah Simmons is, the linebacker that came out of Clemson. I mean, why do you think he was so highly sought after? It's because this dude could literally play linebacker, safety, and even plays reps at corner. 
at yeah. Clemson. I mean, yeah. that's unheard of, man. You've got to get guys like this, especially the way NFL offenses are moving, you know, now and towards the future, too. They're just getting harder and harder to defend. So I, I agree with you there, Trey. Um, in round seven, you guys got Cameron <clears throat> Curl, safety out of Arkansas. I think this is just safety depth coming in. Obviously, like me and Bobo said, y'all got Sean Davis. We all think pretty much he's going to start. But uh, well, maybe Bo doesn't. But I think he's going to start. I think Josh. No, I mean Sean Davis will have the most experience between those two guys for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah. I think Cameron Crow is just going to end up just being depth. They need a guy yeah. in case one of these guys goes down. Especially well, since I think at, Sean look, Davis. Go ahead. I'll, I'll say look for Cameron Curl on special teams. He's he's a big Definitely. strong guy. Hit twenty four reps on the bench at at the combine. Um, so he he lays the wood down there, and he's happy to do it. But yeah, he's a hard hitter, man. And then my one of my favorite guys, James Smith Williams, Edge Menzi State. So I think this guy's sneaky, and it's because he came from NC State. To be honest with you, I like his film, but it's because he came from NC State. Like, NC State, I always <laughs> feel like, puts in sneaky good guys in the NFL. They always do. Like, when you get a guy that comes onto your team from NC State, they work their asses off, man. Like, they, these guys well, come in, and they fight for roster spots, and they, dude, they're just competitors, man. I love NC State guys coming into the his, NFL. His his usage is another issue. Is like, he's like, he's 6'3", like 270, and he's playing like a. They play the three three stack. I think they did, and he played the end in that formation. You yeah. know, and so he's in the NFL. When you're looking at guys for a three man line, they're a little bigger than that. He's like six 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 seven, like two ninety, like you know, Stephon Tuitt build. They take up, you know, they can take up two guys at once. I think size might might have been his biggest, you know, holdback yeah. playing that three three that he was in. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, Trey, Josh, I'm going to ask both of y'all this. Now, let's take Chase Young out of the equation because I think if we had our pick, we would say Chase Young was definitely our favorite pick. Okay. So, who in the draft, or who other the other guys that y'all drafted was your favorite? Josh, I'll start with you. Who was your favorite, man? I think I already know your answer is going to be uh, AGG, but I'll let you go ahead and say it. It's, it's definitely going to be AGG. Uh, I love it. I also like the Sadiq Charles pickup. Okay. Uh, I get a little nervous with it because uh, he had the violation of team rules with LSU. Mm -hmm. But I think they Big got sense. through it. Very, yeah, they got through it pretty smoothly after that. Uh, I think he changes the way he was acting. Also, I think it was because of, like, it was returning towards weed. So they have the new rules in the NFL. Which is going it, it, it ain't even going to matter at that point. So... I, I do like Sadiq Charles on the line. Uh, I think the line got hurt a lot. It's been getting hurt a lot the past few years. So yeah. I like having depth on our line. Trey, who is your favorite, man? Both Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gandy-Golden. Both of them, man. Those two guys, just more weaponry on the offense, man. And it's what y'all need the most, man. Y'all yeah. got to get weapons out there. Real quick, Josh, you just made me think about something. I, I'm, I'm not going to try to rant on this, but – how happy are you guys to see that now the NFL has taken notice of, you know, marijuana being used for, you know, it's not just people trying to like, I'm, I wouldn't even call it abuse marijuana. I don't even think people really abuse marijuana, but I think, what, what do y'all think about the NFL saying, okay, look, like we're done, like, you know, pretty much getting people in trouble for this. Are y'all happy to see that? I don't mind it. I specifically don't mind it. Um, it's a tough one it to like, yeah, it's a tough one to put on him because everyone has their standpoint on it. But I mean, Megatron used to smoke after every game. He said so. <laughs> yeah, he did. He literally did. And yeah. I know, like Josh Gordon too. Josh Gordon, you know, he said that you know I don't do this, you know, to get high. I do this to battle my anxiety and battle my injuries. Yeah, it's treatment. I tell wow. you what, 
I would love to have Josh Gorman. I think we need to sign a vet at wide receiver. He's got time with Scott Turner. They play together in Cleveland. There we go. Yeah. Yes, I sir. mean, I think it yeah. it really it would really make AGG better as well. Oh, and dude. You, Him you, learning from a guy like in Josh. The flash, it's gonna it's gonna do a little little work for the wide receivers. I think I think you rank our wide receivers right now at like a C minus. You throw Josh mm-hmm. Gordon in there, I'd put him at a B minus for sure. Okay, I'd agree with that. I think. Dude, if you if you got Josh Gordon, see see Josh, I hate when people say stuff like hypotheticals, like guys going to teams. Because see, now I really want that to happen. Now I'm gonna like be stuck on that. For it would be days. nice. Like, it would oh, fit it would perfectly. Great. It, it would. would be awesome. it, you would take a missing piece of the puzzle and you would just plug it in really nice. Especially with the loss of Harmon, man. Like jo- you getting Josh Gordon in there to pair with Terry McLaurin. I mean, dude, come on. Who who really wouldn't want to see that? I think AGG flourishes the most too if you have oh, all three of them together. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I want to want to ask a quick question to both. I want to get y'all's both an answer. I get an answer from all three of you. We'll start with Trey and then Josh, then then Jacob. Y'all, you know, because pretty much the 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 reigning favorites, I think, from everyone would be like AGG and then like Antonio Gibson. I mean, they're obviously needed those guys big time. Who do y'all think one by one between those two, Antonio Gibson and AGG, make the biggest off, uh, biggest impact on the offense for the for the Washington this year? That's a good question. All right, well, I have to say, man, if, if Scott Turner plays um, Antonio Gibson right, you never yeah. know, man. If he plays him like a Christian McCaffrey and get him, like, going in the yeah. backfield, you know, man, he could be deadly. But yeah, that big side, that big out wide wide receiver out of AGG, <clears throat> I mean, that could be deadly, too. It all depends on how they run him. I, me, personally, I think AGG is going to come out a lot better for us at first. I think Gibson – my opinion is going to have a lesser role the first year. I think it's going to be hard for him. Um, yeah. I think a- Adrian Peterson is going to eat up a lot of the, t- the time for Gibson. I think Gibson's going to have to learn the tree route a little bit better. I think Andy yeah. Golden's already he knows it, he and he knows what he needs to do when he's coming in. I mean, we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to eat it up in the red zone when we get down there with uh, AGG. I think it's going to go. He's going to have more options. To make bigger plays than Antonio Gibson. I think they're going to lean on AGG just a little more uh, for for his efforts. I mean, like you said, especially even though he's a fourth round comp pick, like that they got, you know, from I guess from letting guys go in free agency. Like, I mean, that fourth round comp pick's going to come in handy when they get in the red zone. I mean, I think the touchdown production might might lean more AGG's way, but I would I would watch out for Antonio Gibson over the next three to four years. That's for sure. Yeah. Long, yeah. long term, I feel like Gibson yeah. might end up better than AGG, but I think yeah. AGG is going to come so out and do more. Right now, yeah, they need that receiver outside. Like Trace said, that outside big body, they need that big time. Yeah, for sure. And, Barry, if you want my answer to it, I'm agreeing with the whole AGG thing. I think Antonio Gibson, like, I love Antonio Gibson's game. And I think that's yeah. like, especially what you need for the modern NFL. But like Josh said, him coming in, He's already got a crowded running back room, right? And they, he he's having to work pretty much learn the playbook. Oh, on top of that, let's throw him. Oh, he's got to learn the route tree too. Like, I mean, they do. That's a lot for a rookie coming in to learn. Um, and I don't think they're gonna have to lean as heavily on him like AGG man. AGG knows coming in. Like, I mean, it's pretty much been baptism by fire. I mean, like they're like, look, we need you 
you to excel. We need you to pick up the playbook fast because ball is going to be coming your way really fast. Like it, it's, I think AGG for sure makes the bigger impact this year, which I, I, again, I'm bad with my memory. I think that's what you're asking. Who does better this year? Or who makes more of an impact? Yeah, and I think who, it's yeah, be, more of an offensive impact. Like you know, I think it's definitely going to be Antonio uh, Gandy Golden. I think one hundred percent it'll be him. Um, but guys, let's move on to the twenty twenty depth chart overview. Pretty much, I want to talk about what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out the offense, and I want you guys to tell me how confident you are in the offense. And if I'm now, I'm going to do it the way I've projected the offense to be. If y'all hear a starter or any guy, anybody like that that you don't agree with, please let me know. Obviously, on offense at quarterback. We're going, to talk, we're going to stop right here, come to a screeching halt. Dwayne Haskins. I'm, a, I'm the biggest advocate in the world, Dwayne Haskins. So much of, of one that Bo gives me a hard time about it because I, I think Dwayne Haskins is the real deal. I think y'all got a really good guy in that draft, and I think y'all need to move forward with him, especially after him picking up a little bit of momentum last year. But obviously, Alex Smith, again, we don't know the timetable for that. But say, say hypothetically, guys, Alex Smith is able to play. Okay. Say he's able to play. Are you guys, what do y'all want to do? Do y'all want Dwayne Haskins to be the starter or would you want a guy that's already used to being a starter and is, and is polished and knows the, his way around the NFL like Alex Smith? I mean, what, what direction would y'all want to go? Honestly, Alex Smith, <laughs> you're going to Alex Smith. Yeah. Alex Smith, man, the, the year that he was playing, the year that he got hurt, we, we were like, we were number one in the, in the NFC East at that point in time. He That's just true. broke his leg against the Texans and just went downhill from there. Yeah. And he had a role in it that, that year. Dude, you talk about an ugly injury, by the way. That was a bad one. That was a really bad one. Um, tough, tough to watch. I'm actually like grimacing thinking about it right now. Um, Josh, Josh, I, I feel like you're going to go my way. I'm hoping you are, man. I'm not trying to be teamed up here three to one. Uh, who would you rather have starting if Alex Smith was able to play? Would, would you want Dwayne Haskins or Alex Smith? Uh, I actually love Haskins. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of him at first when I was watching him and how he played. I think the more he got comfortable with the team, though, he really showed signs of how he could be productive in the NFL. And I think as me watching him as a fan now in his offseason, watching him grow, he looks phenomenal. He doesn't look the way he looked last year. He's lost some weight. He's really toned up, and, I mean, he's throwing with top-notch receivers right now while he's working in the, I kind of say, offseason yeah. with the holdout kind of right now. But, I mean, he looks phenomenal. I believe in him. I think he's going to have a is, rather is decent have a, year. Is he going to, like, kind of come out this year, you think, and make people be like, wow, like, you know, okay, maybe they didn't miss on this dude. Like, this dude's got I, something I to think it. he has a chip on his shoulder, honestly, because, I mean – he obviously, when you watch the draft, he wanted to get drafted higher than when he got drafted. Mm-hmm. So he already has a chip on his shoulder because of that. I mean, he see he sees that he has to be the pretty much almost the captain of the offense at this point. He does. He's go, he's going to be our leader going forward. I mean, Joe Theismann gave up his seven so he could wear it. I mean, he sees what I see. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do pretty good next year, and then I think he flourishes next the year go. after. There we go. Let's all gas up Dwayne Haskins and make yeah, Bo mad. So, so yeah, don't get me wrong. I like Dwayne Haskins too. He just had a rough year, like a rough year he coming did in have that a rough year. year man. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. He had, a rookie, he had a rookie wide receiver. That was one one guy. Yeah, that that he it, was it, in a rough situation. It was yeah. a horrible then a, situation. Then a new coach coming in the f- game five. I mean, 
I mean, dude, I'm just how, much, how much worse can you throw at a rookie quarterback? And think That's about this. Thank God Dwayne Haskins played with Terry McLaurin in college. I mean, thank God they oh, already had chemistry. 100%. I mean, because Jesus, I mean, imagine if they didn't imagine if, if this was a new guy to Dwayne Haskins and they weren't Dwayne Haskins wasn't re- familiar with how Terry McLaurin ran his routes or how he broke out of his routes or the way he released off the line. I mean, imagine he wasn't familiar with that at all. And then yeah. you have a guy he's not familiar with as your number one receiver and then really no one else. I mean, and like you said, yeah. Trey, it does not help that they change coaches halfway through the year. I mean, that doesn't help at all. Now you've got a whole new new scheme pretty much and everything. So I, I, I agree with you. He was not in a good situation at all. So, bro, I know you're a massive advocate of Alex Smith. You've told me that. You, you've actually annoyed the hell out of me with getting on me about being a huge Dwayne Haskins advocate. So so what do you think, man? You actually, you're saying that you think Alex Smith all the way, if he's healthy. I know that's a massive hypothetical. But you're saying if he's healthy, you're rolling Alex Smith like Trey said? Yeah, I mean, everything for me is, like you said, dependent on health. I would I would never roll a quarterback out there that can't isn't isn't one hundred percent. And in my opinion, I've always believed that if you if you step out on the football field and you say you're ready to play, you're saying that you're that you're pretty much hundred percent and you can play. And I mean I think like like Trey said, the Alex Smith they had when he left, you'd rather have starting than Dwayne Haskins. If he's if he's still that guy, okay, but, you know if he's still that guy, I don't know if he's still that guy. I don't know how he can move in the pocket. I watched him walk out his front door on Instagram when his you know kids were popping you know you know uh, champagne or whatever all over him, and you know, he looked limping. He looked like he was limping. Yeah, yeah I, I think mean, he's far along now. I think he, I've seen him doing ladder drills and you know some some hurdles, kind of like some hurdle ladder drills stuff. I'm gonna tell yeah, all of y'all this. I'm gonna tell every one of you this, and I'm not gonna hold back. If I broke my leg like that, you, I'm gonna tell you straight up, no chance Shoot. of getting back on the football field. There's no chance. There's no chance. I'm just not doing. I'm not man enough. I'm not man right. enough to do it. I'll, I'll, I don't care. That's on recording. I, 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 I couldn't do it. I, there's no chance. I'd be so scared every time yeah. I saw a massive like D lineman coming at me that if he fell on me and that body weight lands on that leg, it's gonna break again. I, I would just. And I know that's not how it how it's probably gonna go, but. I don't know, man. These guys are warriors. Like for Alex Smith to come back from that type of injury, I mean that that's legendary stuff, man. I mean, the game. I mean, look look at Joe Theismann. I'm pretty sure I, I may be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure the the leg injury was kind of similar to Joe Theismann's. I mean, that ended his career. I mean, it was he was on the dumb. exact same day as on Joe the exact Theismann. same day. Same, yeah. That's that's, that's, that's creepy. Yeah, right. same leg, same day. That's bro. I, I that it, that's incredible and again that ended his career man i mean kudos to alex smith for being a just just a warrior and coming back and trying to come back and play football i mean i, I give all the credit in the world to, to that guy so you know props to you alex smith but uh having i do want to about- having get infected too Oh, oh my God, dude! He went through so much stuff with that injury. He, yeah. he really, really did. Uh, but guys, I want to talk about your running back room. As if we haven't talked about it enough already, you've got Adrian Peterson, who I'm a massive fan of, uh, my favorite running back ever, probably. You got Antonio Gibson now coming in. Bryce Love. You got Peyton Barber. You got all these guys. So I, the way I see it is, I'm a, I got him in an order of the first string, second string, and third string. I've got first string is Adrian Peterson, then Antonio Gibson, then Bryce Love. Would, would y'all agree with that? Do y'all agree with that? Yeah. I, th- I think that's how – I think Bryce Love's going to see a, a considerable amount of playing time this year. I mean, that dude – they called him Baby Bolt in college for a reason. He's so <laughs> fast. So I mean, fast. I have it that way. I don't think it's going to end that way. 
I think Bryce Love is going to take Gibson's spot. Um, I think okay. I don't I don't disagree with that. He he could depending on how Gibson does. I mean, Bryce Love's best season at Stanford. The dude went off. He went over two thousand yards rushing. He had almost twenty TDs. I think it was about nineteen. The dude murdered it. I think he's been very. I hope he's had his head in his books while he's been on the reserves list of being injured. And I think he might come out and flourish. I like Bryce Love. I'm. I remember when he did that in college, and and I know Bo, you remember this. This guy is so small, like for his frame, like to be in the NFL. This is a really small running back. And I remember when he did that at college. The one thing that Bryce Love struggled with was he couldn't break tackles. If you if a guy got his hands on him, he was going down. And but you know it was always a problem getting your hands on him. And that was the problem was could you. Could you keep up with the guy, or was he just going to shake you out of your shoes and leave your ankles sitting in the in the turf? You know, but I mean, I think I think I agree with you, Josh. I think Antonio Gibson is going to have to perform very well in, in the in, in the limited reps he sees at first to keep Bryce Love from taking that second string spot. So we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, the wide receivers, guys. Wide receiver one is Terry McLaurin, well deserved. I mean, kudos kudos to that guy. He came out and balled when he had nobody opposite of him. Nobody opposite of him playing. Nobody else to take the, the coverage away. They were all over Terry McLaurin. And he still performed well. And, and Terry McLaurin's also a small guy, and he can go up and get the ball, which I love that. I think wide receiver two is going to be Antonio Gandy-Golden. And then wide receiver three, I have Trey Quinn. I don't know what y'all think, but I have Trey Quinn. Um, and then at tight end, I have Richard Rodgers, who isn't a bad option. He's not a fantastic option, but he, he's an all right option at tight end. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the way I have the offensive line working out left tackle, like I said, Cornelius Lucas coming in left guard, Wes Schweitzer center, Chase Rulier, right guard, Brandon Scherf and right tackle Morgan Moses. So when it lays out like that, first of all, is there anything y'all disagree with other than Josh saying about the Bryce love? Is there anything y'all disagree with that offensive depth chart? Well, I think uh, Steve, Steve Sam is going to be number three. Okay. Okay. I forgot about you saying that. Do you agree with yeah. that, Josh? Yeah, I actually do too. I think Steven Sims is going to be the third guy. If not, Steven Sims is going to be uh, Antonio Gibson if he learns that. I think they're going to stick with him at wide receiver. Uh, they drafted him there. I don't. I see him in the running back, but I see him a lot. Playing wide out, receiver? Yeah, out in the slot. I think he might actually eat up some of Sims' time. He runs oh, if they he got, learns they got, that route. They got, they got plenty of running backs to supplement Antonio Gibson moving into the slot sometimes. Yeah. They got plenty yeah. of that. I think and, I, mean, I think he's gonna eat up some of Sims' time. He can okay. still be on the running back depth chart and split out wide all they want him to. You know, I mean he's an eligible offensive player. I mean, they can put him they can put they can line him up anywhere. I mean, Lev Bell used to line up on the outside, you know what I mean? All the all the time for us to do, do crazy stuff. Uh, oh, they're gonna move I him mean, all over the place. He's gonna be place. a chess piece moving constantly. You know, and one one of the one of the rookies that I really like is that Keith uh, Ismail guy. Um he's a the center. He, he yeah, he because he can play guard too. And I mean he was like three straight years all first team all conference a three-year starter. His measurements are good. He's a really good athlete. Tons of tons of snaps. No, not really any injuries to speak of. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he and he's no 
higher or lower drafted than any guy in front of them. The the two guys they have listed in front of them on the depth chart is a sixth rounder and a fifth rounder also, both drafted in the last three years. I mean, there's no – I don't see that he couldn't make an impact along the line somewhere. I mean, in the past, it's been unfortunate, but Washington's had struggles with injuries across the offensive line. So this guy could end up playing – one of three positions at any point during the season if an injury happens. Yeah, he, did, he definitely could. So, guys, we talked about your offense. How confident are you guys? Josh, I'll start with you. I mean, what is your confidence level going into this year? I'm I'm not too confident on him. I think we lose a lot of games uh, this coming season because uh, we're just not going to be able to score the way we need to. Uh, I wish it was better, to be honest with you. I I personally, though, I don't have Richard Rodgers at the tight end either. I think they're going to keep Jeremy Sprinkle in there. Uh, I think he's always been shadowed by Jordan Reed. He's always been, like, flexed in because Reed's just come out hurt and couldn't play. I think uh, he's going to take the spot over Logan Thomas. I think they're going to have Logan Thomas there to begin with. But Logan Thomas has never had a touchdown more than yeah. one touchdown in any of the seasons he's played as a tight end. <laughs> so, I mean, he's a no-go for me. I think uh, Jeremy Sprinkle is going to take that spotlight. I hope he shines this year because he's been with us for four years now. We drafted him. So, I mean. I like it. I like it. I think Jeremy Sprinkle definitely could, like, show out a little bit. Trey, what's your confidence with the offense? Are you kind of the same, like, not too confident, but you're hoping for something? I'm a whole lot more confident this year than I was last year. That's for sure. Yeah, it was a good draft, good weaponry that we got picked up this year, coming in this year. The offense is kind of in a rebuild stage. A bunch of young guys, you know, trying to get them going and see how it plans out in the future. I I agree with that, man. Let's look at your defense a little bit. So heading into 2020, you guys run – y'all are going to run a lot of different schemes and setups with your defense just because we've all talked about how versatile that defense is. I'm going to say this. Most of the time you're going to be in a 4-2-5. At least I think you will be. Um, obviously, the the four guys up front, you got defensive end Montez Sweat, who I was a massive fan of coming out. Um, defensive tackle uh, Deron Payne. Defensive tackle Jonathan Allen. And defensive end Chase Young. Um, that, that alone right there might be, potential-wise, the best defensive line in the NFL. I mean, th- that... And the that, depth behind that, too. Th- the depth behind that's unreal as well. Um, yeah. I, I think... Y'all are set up so well. Ron Rivera must be drooling, literally, over the front seven in general. Because obviously, you look at you look at the the uh, the linebackers too. And I think I think obviously you have you got Ryan Kerrigan as an outside linebacker, um, and you got middle line linebacker Thomas Davis. Now, here's what I think: I think it's going to be Ryan Kerrigan and Thomas Davis on the field a whole lot of the time. I think that's going to be the two guys. I think Cole Holcomb's going to see a ton of time on the field too. But I think. That's going to be in different schemes. They'll have all three of them on the field. John the same Bostic time. can play too, man. He's played a lot of snaps for for a few teams over the years. He has, he has. You're you're absolutely right, man. And then on the the secondary, so they they anything I look at says that Fabian Moreau is going to be a starting corner. I see Ronald Darby's going to be the starter. I don't know you what think you think. Darby's guys think. taking the spot. I think yeah. he is. I think he is just because I I think. He, he, y'all brought him in for a reason. I, I yeah. think there's, there's, you know, why, why bring this guy in if he's not going to see a ton of playing time? I don't think he, I don't think he starts off. Okay, so you're saying, you're saying, Fabian Monroe starts. Fabian Monroe is going to start off. I do believe. Uh, I know they, we got him from the Bills, 
Uh, he had a couple good seasons with the Bills. Uh, I think they're going to give it to Fabian to just, you've been here with us. We're going to see what you got. But I'm sure they're going to pull the string on him quicker. Yeah, yeah, especially since you got a guy like Ronald Darby now sitting there. So we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, at safety, you got Sean Davis and Landon Collins. Landis Collins. Landon Collins playing strong safety and free safety being Sean Davis. And then uh, other cornerback, Kendall Fuller, I don't think anybody's taking that from him. I mean, especially yeah. the guy's already played with Washington before, and I think he's played well enough when he's healthy to at least deserve a starting role on a team 100%. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another thing with, with Washington is y'all have a perfect guy to play nickelback, and y'all run a lot of nickelback. And Jimmy Moreland, obviously, is going to be the nickelback if he's on the field for you guys. So the defense, tell me about your confidence. I know a lot of your confidence lies with the front seven. But what, what overall, what's your confidence with the defense? Josh, again, I'll start with you, man. Uh, I love the defense. Um, I think the defense is what is going to keep us in football games. Uh, the line is sick. Uh, the way you mentioned the line, I think that's my ideal way of doing it. I think Ryan Kerrigan, though, is going to take the spot of Montez Sweat to begin with. And it, it interchanged that way. Uh, I hope not. I think Ryan Kerrigan knows his role at this point, being so far along in his career that he's accepted that he might need to step back. Uh, I love Sweat, Chase Young. I think our D-line's going to kill it. Got a lot of Alabama players. I mean, Oh, you all love Alabama players. Love man. Alabama players. I mean, I think we got seven. Seven. Yeah, it's a lot, man. Y'all have so many Alabama players. I'm actually just sitting here looking at it now. Y'all have a lot of Alabama players. Y'all, but, dude, some teams are like that, man. Some teams love drafting from certain schools. It's uh, like a lot, you know, some teams like really like drafting Georgia players. Like, for instance, the Bengals. Bengals love drafting Georgia players, uh, which is something I'm extremely happy about. But um, so you're saying you're, you're pretty confident. You think that the strength of this team is obviously lies on defense. The, the Josh? strength of the Washington football team is the defense. Okay, and uh, yeah, I'd agree with the that. Front seven, hundred percent. I think the front seven is about, elite. I can't say much about the secondary man. They, I mean, they're no top name players. Landon Collins, probably the best one you can say. But yeah, and Landon Collins is more of a box guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't and, think they're the the secondary is going to be the weak point. They're going to need they're going to need the pass rush to to open up opportunities for them to get turnovers. I actually love. Yeah. I love the way our defense is set up. I think everything is coming along better than a lot of people think. I love mm-hmm. the Jack Del Rio sign. I love that Rivera has a defense mindset. I think they put some creative stuff together with this defense team. It is stacked. I love the secondary D-line. I mean, putting Tim Tim Settle, and I love James Smith-Williams. Hey, from Virginia NCAA, Tech, baby, like there you said. go, Trey. Yeah, Tim Settle. Yeah, uh, Matt Ioannidis is a monster. Yes. Oh, he, he is. He is man. so underrated. I love that. I I love the underrated guys that just eat all day long, and Matt <laughs> Ioannidis does that. He's oh, he a- does, man. He does. See, I love hearing how hype you are, Josh. Like, you're, you were literally like – I feel like you're just sitting there just staring at the <laughs> yeah. depth chart, the defensive depth chart, like, yeah. True. Yeah, we're, we're about to we're about to really really uh, give some some offenses some bad days. Um, Dude, it's sick. Honestly, when you look at it, it, it it looks phenomenal. But it then does, you look man. at the team it's on, you're like, oh man, it's Washington. Yeah, God, no, this would be yeah, anything yeah. else. It'd be amazing. Yeah, then you, you yeah. look at the you look at the depth chart. You're like, wow, that's good. And then you sit back and you're like, oh wait a second, <laughs> this is Washington. 
Yeah. That's so funny, man. That's so funny. So, guys, obviously, we talked about the depth chart overall. We talked about how some rookies are going to come in and possibly get a side amount of playing time. Now, I'm going to ask both of y'all this. Josh, you're grading the draft class, okay? I want you to give me your grade for your draft class. From an A to an F, what was the grade um, on how you think you drafted overall, the guys you got, and how you think they're going to fit into the depth chart and see playing time? Okay, like, so for my draft class, I I was actually really strict on him. Chase Young, you put it on anyone's team who drafted him, he's obviously going to shoot your grade high. I gave us a B. I like B. I didn't want to go B minus or B plus. I'm I'm firm with just a a grade B with the draft. I love Chase Young first. I mean, thank you Bengals for not taking him. Jesus, oh, there you go, baby. I mean, <laughs> primed us. Uh, I love the next few picks. I love that we got. I wish we would have got one more lineman. I wish we would have got three linemen instead of two. I just for the past few years, our line, our offensive line, has just always went down. Injury prone, injury prone, injury prone. I don't think you could ever have too many offensive linemen. Uh, so I give it a B. I like it. Trey, what's your grade, man, from an A to an F? I'd say B too, man. B or B minus. Um, looking at it, you know, Chase Young being an A, no doubt. And the weapons we got with Antonio Gibson and AGG, I'd say there's uh, got to be a B with both of those guys. Yeah, man, looking I, at it, looking I, at the I other agree. guys, looking at the other guys, man, it just adds a little bit more depth to the team. And it, I think overall a B. It does. It does add some more depth. And Josh, you're welcome. I'm glad that we. I dude, if we had gotten Chase Young, so I mean, I would have probably freaked out if we didn't take Joe Burrow. To be honest, yeah, I probably would have had like. I don't know. I would have lost my mind. And Bo would have literally watched it live happen. But um, I think, you know, Chase Young, man, for y'all to get him, like, it's not like – let me ask you this. Did you, any of you guys think that they were going to take a quarterback? Like, no. either one of you? Like, was there even a shot that y'all thought it, maybe they would take a quarterback? In my mind, 100%, I thought we were taking Chase Young. Anything okay. else would have happened, I'd probably still be upset till today. When we're Trey, are you the podcast. same way? Well, I mean, we picked up a quarterback last year. I mean, why are we yeah. going to go two quarterbacks back-to-back? I don't know. That's what I thought, man. And when they started having rumors coming out that y'all Arizona made a quarterback. That's true. Arizona, Arizona did do well, it. Well, you got to think about it. We Arizona did. went Ronan Mur- uh, Rose and Murray. You got to think about it. We've done it, too, ourselves. We got RG3 yeah. and Kirk Cousins in the same year. Yeah, I mean, wild. The same that year, was true. Yeah. Bo, what's your grade, man, before I give mine? Um, I think – I was going to go with a B or like a B minus somewhere in there. Um, <clears throat> I really like your first, your first five picks, uh, Chase Young through Ismael. I think the bottom three, like Cleeky Hudson, Cameron Curl and James Smith Williams just going to get kind of lost in the mix. Um, they're not really going to this season specifically. I think they're just going to get be looking lost a lot. They're, they're late picks. They're not getting any OTAs, no rookie mini camps. They're getting thrusted into the situation really fast no preseason games to kind of work their way up against NFL talent and they're just going to get thrown into the mix and I think you know they might get kind of lost in the wayside this year but I think what they did with the offensive line I think Josh is right they they could have maybe went a little like these especially their back three picks they had another fifth rounder they could have gone O-line again I mean they had two sevens they could have done 
on something with that as well. Yeah. He's really ever their problem in college, which I liked. You know, Shadi Charles or Sidney Charles, he missed time, but for suspension, not injury. And I mean, he's a three year, technically like a three year starter there. And then they took another three year starter in Keith Ismail, and he's never really had injury problems. And he's an, a well accoladed player. Um, and they both are guys that are going to fill two positions if needed. Um, City Charles is probably going to play guard, like Jacob said, but he played tackle three years and played defense in, in, in high school. So, I mean, he's been all over the field, and Ismail can play center, can play center or guard with the way his build is and his athleticism is. And, I mean, his measurements, too, fit both those builds. So I think they did a good job, like, giving themselves flexibility across their own. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what was really good, man. For my grade, guys, I'm going a B. I think I, I'm kind of surprised that we kind of all just kind of went the B direction. Um, I, again, Chase Young, man, like you said, Josh. I mean, you put this guy on anybody's draft class, their draft class raises probably a letter grade. Like that, that that guy is that good. Um, yeah. I think Antonio Gibson, man, was a good pick. Again, just how versatile he is. Sadiq Charles, the guy played a major part in a. Offensive line just won a national championship, so that's a huge get for the team, even though he's going to probably push in the guard. AGG, that's my favorite pick. I, I just think that, that was such a good get. And then, like Lebo said, the, the other guys, the two fifth-round picks and two seventh-round picks, they're going to be lost because, you know, I'm not going to say coaches aren't going to focus on them as much, but the coaches are really going to try to get these four first four picks involved quickly. Very quickly, yeah. because these guys are guys that are going to have to be there's, used a lot. There um, hasn't been enough time to work with the later draft it hasn't, picks and man. get them down. It just really hasn't. It's not been enough practice for them. It's a bad year to be a fifth-round pick or, or back. It, it is a mm-hmm. bad year, because these guys just don't have the time. They, they're not getting a normal offseason, and it's hurting them a whole lot. Um, but, I mean, I, again, I'm going B. I think the team – the team drafted well, and they drafted to their needs, and I think that's the that's the best thing you can do for a team that's definitely on the rebuild. I and mean, y'all, y'all mentioned uh, no quarterback this year. I think they signed a uh, undrafted free agent Stephen Montez out of Colorado to jump in the mix. Yeah, they did. They uh, did this year too. Yeah, that's man. So, so, so obviously, yeah, he was and Stephen Montez, man. He was his tape is really weird, but I, I think I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to make any impact at all. But I do think it's interesting that they did sign him. But um, I'm going to move on uh, to the record. Uh, for, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I would say the only way that I could give this draft higher than a B is if you just take back that last year we traded, traded our second round and the, the year that we just seen, that second round to the Colts. We got Montez Sweat out of it right behind Haskins. I think if you, like, add that in, because technically we would have got Montez Sweat for the second round pick for this year, well, yeah. he wasn't there. But you know what I mean? That would put it at a B plus, but I think I think the overall is just B in general. I mean, I don't yeah, think we could have got anyone in the second round that could compare to what we have out of Montez Sweat going in the future. Yeah, okay, I I agree with that. I'm gonna tell you all something funny about Montez Sweat. So Montez Sweat, that was the year that I was at the combine in Indy, and I remember I was so high on Montez Sweat, right? And we were all waiting. The uh, D linemen were doing their um, combine drills. He stepped up to the forty yard dash. Everybody, everybody knew he was athletic, right? Like I, I was with a bunch of other scouts there, and you know everybody knew he was athletic. But then he ran a four four one, and I swear to God, everyone I was with, it was like a, a three minute moment of silence, and people just like looking <laughs> at each other, dude. Like people were like, "What did this dude just do?" And again, I'm, I'm gonna put this in perspective. Montez Sweat ran a four four one. He's a defensive lineman. 
Okay, ran a four four one in the forty. Amari Cooper ran a four four two. Odell Beckham ran a four four three, and Ezekiel Elliott ran a four four seven. This guy is yeah. beating all of them. Apparently, so, in a foot race. I mean, that's yeah, unreal. that dude, dude's a monster. So I mean, I would pick my grade up then, but that was neither here nor there. So I have to keep it at a B. There you go. All right, well, let's talk about this record prediction. We talked about the team and who they have on paper. So let's look at this record prediction. Um, I don't know if you guys are gritting your teeth with this. Now, I'm going to tell you my record prediction. I'm going to say this. I see you guys getting another early draft pick. It's going to be another early draft pick for you guys. I don't know what direction you'll go. I think there's a chance you all get Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. I think he's maybe overall the best guy in the class. He has pretty much no weaknesses. Um, I have you all going 3-13. and 13. Uh, That's my record prediction. Uh, what do you guys have? Josh, I'll start would with it, you again, man. What's, what's, would it be 3-14? Did they add a game? No. The, no? No, they, they expanded year. the playoffs. Oh yeah, okay. So uh, I go a little bit better than that. I go six and ten. Okay. I last year we had a lot of you know close games. I mean we went to overtime with the Giants. Forty uh, ers only beat us by nine. I mean, granted it was a rain game and they kicked three field goals. They probably would have murdered us <laughs> otherwise. <Yeah>. But <laughs> I mean I see us winning those close games now. I. See Haskins having a little bit more underneath him to do things that he couldn't last year. So six and ten, I think we get, you know, maybe a couple more wins round pick. Yeah, I don't think we still have a losing season. I don't think we really come into like really talking how good we are until like two three years, and then I still begin to question things after that because our defense was young and they were like becoming what you want them to be, but now they're where they wanted them. To be but our offense isn't you know not yeah, both of that, them that's are clicking struggle, at the same man. time that's a struggle so, teams that perform really well are guys that they hit the they hit their their peak at the, the defense and the offense are able to hit their peak and mesh right yeah. at the exact time so i i struggle with that i think our defense is going to start hitting its peak a lot or on its way up its peak and i don't think our offense is ever going to be able to catch up with it right now all right trey what's your record prediction man what are you saying I'm gonna meet in the middle with it. I'm gonna go with five and eleven. Five okay. and eleven. It's hard to say with these this new year, new coaches, a lot of new players. It's hard to say. A lot of questions around these guys. It is, um, man. Especially with the sounds, offseason. Sounds kind of sounds kind of all right going into this year. I, I see a lot better things coming in this year than last year. So I want to go. I want to say two more games than last year. Okay. All right. I like it. But oh, what's your prediction? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with 13 and three, but I believe there's my wins. Three and 13. The, yeah. Three and 13. Uh, my, my, what'd I say? <laughs> I was about to say, you didn't say 13 three. and three. I was like, I was wow. Like, Bo I was like, like oh, hell yes. <laughs> we about, we about to go hard. <laughs> like Bo, uh, yeah. The, my bad. I got that back. Three and 13. Was, the wins. The hot take ever on this. Yeah. No, just, just, just edit that one out. He got uh, hotter <laughs> than the fans, son. Yeah, good Lord. <laughs> And um, but my wins I had for uh, beating the Giants twice and beating the Bengals. Um, those were my three wins. But I have two games. I have two games that listed as swing games that could get them up to five and eleven if they play well. It's Arizona and Detroit. I think the rest of the I think the uh, rest of the schedule is pretty tough. Dude, I mean, they're ma- yeah, it's bad. It, it, Dude, it's rough. If, if you like go by the critics though, we have the fifth easiest schedule, which is crazy. I don't. That's what I thought. 
I think that's going to get worse. Like the it's going to the back end of your season. Like it, it to, is to be, hard around week eleven. Yeah, I mean the back end from the since they play play New York Giants, Detroit, Cincinnati. If you play well, you could maybe win those three going from November eighth to November twenty second, and then from from Dallas from the end of November to the end of the season, the last five or six weeks, you get Dallas, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Panthers, Philly. That's a rough stretch to end your season. That's a I think, really, I think oh, we yeah. get the Panthers again. <laughs> you think you get them? I think Ooh, we get them, man. We got I half like of the, it. I like the we, prediction. I Ooh. like it. I mean, we got half of the coaching personnel already. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it. Josh is taking shots, man. I love this right <laughs> now. No, I, I think, again, it, it's going to be interesting. I think we're all, we all understand that the Redskins have a lot of work to do. Definitely on offense. And, you know, Josh, I know that's a struggle how the defense isn't caught up with the offense. I mean, I mean, the offense isn't caught up with the defense, excuse me. And I think that's that's what, what sucks. It sucks when you have one part of your team that is the strength. And you're like, you know, if we could just get the other side rolling, we could do something here. And by the time the other side gets rolling, what do we have on the other side at this point? You know what I mean? That That's that's a real problem. And, you know, I again, I mean – Hell, I've just struggled as a Bengals fan just because of the team I'm a fan of. But I've had those struggles, too, you know, where the defense would lose us games or either the offense would lose us games or something or the other. But I do think we all know the Redskins have a lot to work on, and it's a new coach. You've got a rookie quarterback coming in, a lot of moving pieces and a lot of changing pieces. Um, and hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll be able to see, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years, they get, they get actually a team name. I mean, let's start with that first. Let's get them a team name before we start talking about what they're going to do yeah. heading, you know, moving forward. But I, again, I think y'all are going to be earlier in the draft again this year. And I think y'all are going to hopefully get another good piece to hopefully pick up, uh, this team and move them, um, even higher up the uh, ranks in the NFL. But I want to move on to my favorite part of this podcast and that is is the top five players for this team all time. Um, let me ask you, Josh, Trey, do y'all want me and Bo to go first, or do y'all want to go first? Y'all go ahead. I, let all me right. go first. All right. All right. Ooh, Josh, okay. Josh is going out. Josh is ready for this. <laughs> let me come first, because I want to hey, save my Josh, Josh's favorite is the same as my favorite, like number one overall. I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure it is. Right, it might see, be. Uh, Josh, I, do so, five to one. Do five to one. Yeah, I'm going to do okay. uh, yeah five to one. Uh, so... It's a little in between of like who I think is like the best red well the Washington football team player is, and then I do have like here and there some like personal favorites. My number five is Chris Cooley. I love Chris Cooley. Uh, whenever he used to like get a first down, everybody would go cool. I mean, oh, yeah, gets, you get so hyped. I mean, I love the way he played. He was always on the attack. Um, my fourth is Santana Moss. Love the way Santana Moss played. He was a big key player that actually got me into really loving the Redskins when I was younger. Uh, yeah. Always made crucial plays when needed. My third favorite is Sean Taylor. And I would have him higher if he was able to, you know, rest in peace, if he was to, like, live out his career. But he, he was, like, one of the main players, if not the player that made me just fall in love with the Redskins. He played super hard all the time. Loved it. Uh, my second is Art Monk. Uh, I didn't get to see him in my lifetime. The dude, when you watch his tapes, was a monster. He was all over the field catching unbelievable catches. And uh, for number one, I mean, 
I think it's inevitable. It's Daryl Green. Dude was a monster. I mean, he spent his entire career with us, like 1,200 tackles. 20 seasons. He played 20 seasons. That's amazing. Him him and Art Monk played together pretty much their entire careers. They both got the three Super Bowls that we have. I mean, they were phenomenal. Uh, I think they... Uh, what's the word I want to say? They really completed both sides of, I think, the offense and the defense. Yeah, definitely. To, like, in yeah. those moments. that's They were both clicking, you know what I mean? That was he was a time. rookie uh, in 1983 and retired in 2002. In I can't two. get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get over it, man. They, they said Dale Green ran a 4-1. Five in 1983. Dude, he was, so fast, so he was so fast, so fast. Unbelievable. When, step, when you step between the lines, there might not, there might not ever have been a faster player to to grace the football field. Yeah. I mean, he was the best chase down player ever. You are not breaking away a 90 yard TD on Daryl Green. It just, no. it just yeah. his his highlight tapes. I've never seen so many people on their highlight tape as running from behind to, for on a tackle on a highlight tape. But I mean, just people, people, normal people can't do that. When a when a fast player is gone, they're gone. Not when Daryl Green was on the yeah. field, though. Yeah, no, he was the epitome of fast. Like he made fast yes. guys look slow at that point. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, so I guess I'll do my top five now. So, um, and I'm gonna have one guy added in here. I don't have him actually on a five to one basis, but I'm gonna have him in here. Um, but number five for me is Dexter Manley, two-time Super Bowl champion, one-time Pro Bowler, one-time first-team All-Pro, which is ridiculous. He shouldn't have been a one-time in either one of those. It should have been more. Um, he had 97 and a half sacks in his career. He is the franchise leader in sacks with 91 in Washington. But that is not going to stand for long because uh, Ryan Kerrigan has 90 right now. So unless Ryan Kerrigan just does absolutely nothing for the rest of his time in Washington, he will break that record and Kerrigan will become the all-time leader in sacks in Washington. Um, but Manley was a part, a huge part of the two Super Bowl winning teams, was a staple for the defensive line for about a decade. And, I, you know, I know we are hype about the future with Chase Young, but, you know, let's give a little bit of respect to the guys who set the standard like Dexter Manley did. Um, number four for me is Chris Hamburger, Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, arguably the greatest linebacker to ever play for Washington. Um, this dude was all over the place. He was a tackling machine. He also had the ability to drop back and cover guys. That is obvious in his 19 career interceptions, which I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, is more than Junior Seau. And, I'm, and, and obviously, and, we all, and Lawrence Taylor. Okay, I didn't know that. I, I'm yeah. okay about Yeah, I knew it was more than Junior Seau. Um, and this guy played 13 seasons with the team. And again, was just, just a staple in the second level, man. I mean, that was just a huge, huge point part of their team number three for me is john riggins hall of fame running back one-time super bowl champ he was a super bowl mvp as well again one-time pro bowler one-time first team all pro but he should have been more than that i thought um he was the two-time nfl rushing touchdowns leader they nicknamed him john the diesel Diesel. which was so cool man i love that nickname Uh, in nine years with washington rig in nine years just think about this. In nine years, this guy ran for almost 7,500 yards and 79 touchdowns in nine years. That is that that those numbers to put that in nine years is absolutely absurd. <laughs> he also ran for 24 touchdowns alone in 1983. 24 in one season. He's considered to be the best running back in franchise history. Josh, me and you are the same with this. Number two, Art Monk, Hall of Fame wide receiver, three-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Pro Bowler. One-time first-team All-Pro. He was the NFL reception leader in 1984. And listen to this. 
was the first player in NFL history to record 900 career receptions. So I thought that was really cool. Um, this dude would just make DBs look ridiculous from anywhere from his, his route running to his contested catchability, his ability to reel in balls that looked uncatchable. He was the real deal. And, you know, while, while he was considered to be, you know, a great wide receiver, many people thought, you know, when he hit that 900 career res- receptions, a lot of people thought that he was the best receiver ever to play at that time because no one had ever done anything like that. So, you know, you got to gotta, gotta um, give him respect. And then number one, like you said, Josh, there is nobody else, at least in my book, Daryl Green, um, Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champion, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, Walt, Walter Payton Man of the Year in 1996. Um, again, the fact that he played 20 years, I literally have on my notes right here, it says play 20 years, and it's just a ton of dots because I just can't remember <laughs> that. I mean, I can't believe that. Um, he had 54 interceptions in, in his career, and I want to put this out there. I, I don't know if any of you have this down in your notes about Daryl Green. So this guy had 33 pass deflections in his career, right? Now, that, that's a solid amount of pass deflections. But I know it doesn't sound like a lot throughout your career, but they weren't a recorded stat until his 17th season. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. They weren't, they, that wasn't a recorded stat. So uh, up until his 17th season, his first 16 seasons, every pass deflection he had was not recorded. So so this guy put up 33. So I'll put it to you this way. Basically, this guy had 33 pass deflections in 26 games. <laughs> in 26 starts, this guy uh, batted the ball away 33 times. That is un un. I don't even know. Really not. I mean, that's that's it's literally unbelievable. Um, he also had, like Josh said, over 1,200 tackles for his career. This guy literally was a legend just for speed and just for the way he played the game um, and everything. But Trey. I'll, I'll let you go ahead with your top five now. Oh, wait. By the way, wait, now, let me say this before you go, Trey. The guy I wanted to uh-huh. add is RIP Sean Taylor. This dude literally would have been one of the greatest to ever play at his position. RIP to a legend. Legends never die, man. Trey, go ahead with yours. All right. My number five, I got Chris Cooley. I always like Chris Cooley. I had a, even had his jersey. Chris Cooley is probably one of the best tight ends that I've seen that played for the Redskins. Good blocking uh, tight end. Good, good catching tight end as well i say my number four number four joe theisman number seven quarterback was what i wore in high school by the best quarterback to play for the redskins let me ask you this Um, is that why you wore number seven no number seven um was my my number in baseball so i just kind of carried it over football oh see i thought this was a big joe theisman moment where you wore it because of joe theisman yeah i would be ironic I wore number seven too for Michael Vick coming out of Virginia. Oh, who, did, who didn't, Shoot. man? Everybody loved Michael Vick. Shoot, they used to call me Michael Michael Tick in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Michael That's Tick. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm a big fan of number seven though, for real. I'd say my number three is Sean Taylor, and just love seeing that guy play and that Pro Bowl hit and he put on that. Oh my gosh! Kicker. Yes. Oh man. Pro Bowl's that, never the same. <laughs> No, he changed the way you play a pro ball game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> After that, they were like, oh, "All right, maybe we should just like play this for fun, like instead of like." <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, man, 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 Sean Taylor, man, he, man, he had a bright future. R.I.P. Um, my number two, I had to give it to Daryl Green, and best, best cornerback, really, I'd say, I've ever seen in a Redskins jersey. And then I say my number one, John Riggins. I watched his documentary on that guy, man. He used to just run people over like a truck. So I get pretty much sure that's why they gave that dude the name the Diesel. 
Yeah, he, I mean, coming coming at you with a neck brace on, with a football in his hand, bro. Get get out the way. He's <laughs> running people over, man. If I saw a dude he, running at me with a neck brace already on his neck, I'd be like, damn, <laughs> this is going for long day. Yeah, man. Whew. I like that. I like that, man. Bo, what's your top five? Uh, yeah, we'll go into a bunch of numbers and stuff. Everybody's, my, everyone's self definitely says it's pretty much almost the same list going around. Number five, I had Sean Taylor. I firmly believe that if Sean Taylor played his whole career, I'd be putting him at number one on this list. Uh, I just want to put that out there. I mean, he's potential wise, I don't know if, if we've seen many players like him since. I uh, really wish we could have gotten to see all that. Um, right. And then number four, I got Art Mogg for obvious reasons. Uh, his production is just unreal over his career at Washington. Um, best receiver in their franchise history for sure. And then Chris Hamburger, um, like Jacob said, his versatility for that time period is really can't be overstated enough. Um, 19 picks during the time where they really they weren't throwing the ball 40 times a game back then and still to have 19 picks and there are, there's not linebackers catching up to him. And like, like Jacob said, more than junior Seau, more than Lawrence Taylor, two of the goats all time at the position, I a mean, four time all pro and a nine time pro bowler. I mean, once again, you can't say enough about him. It probably took too long to get him in the hall of fame. Honestly, uh, he's inducted in 2011. Um, and number four, I mean, I mean, number, number two, uh, John Riggins, uh, one of the most fun, uh, like you said, documentaries and, and film you can watch on a guy. Pure power, uh, durability was, you know, de- next to durability in the dictionary is a picture of John Riggins. Like Jacob said, in 83, it was pretty late in his career. He had the, the which was a single season record, just 24 touchdowns. And then the year after that, he was 35 years old and he had, uh, he led the NFL in rushing at 35. And it's what wow, we all know about know running that. backs. Yeah, and then what we all know about running backs is, shoot, they dive off a cliff at like 29 or 30. This dude's 35, leading the league in rushing, you know, and I mean, and it's still pure power. I mean, he's not beating anyone in a a track race. Um, I mean, just like they said, you nickname someone the diesel, a guy like that, especially during his time period, that gave the whole team a boost in energy. I mean, the morale was never low with John Riggins on the field. Um, And then number one, got to go, Daryl Green. Um, not only is he the best cornerback in uh, in Redskins history, he's, in my opinion, one of the probably best five ever to play the game. Um, speed and, and athleticism, football IQ, I mean, it was all there. Like you said, the breakups are there. I mean, I can't imagine if you went back and someone tracked all his breakups throughout his career. There's no telling what a number they would be. Um, and I mean, if Daryl Green walked out to a combine right now, it would be like when I was watching Henry Ruggs as 40, like we we're all glued to the TV. Like it was this, you know, like he was going to get a trophy for it, you know, and we, it would be the same thing. Like I would, I would watch the combine all day just to watch Daryl Green run a four second 40, you know, I would, I would do that. I mean, it's just that type of player. So number one for me is Daryl Green. I love it. I think we all had some really good top five lists, man. Obviously I love how all of us included Sean Taylor. That's my favorite. Got to be part of this because yeah. I mean you you can't you can't not include him and like you said, Bo, he very well could have been number one on this list. I, had I firmly believe that, it. Had that tragic accident not happened to him, um, but guys, so Josh, I told you about this yesterday, and you said you did not want to go back and listen to what questions they were. And, and Trey, I'm catching you off guard here. So for all okay. the fans that come on the podcast, I ask all of them the same three questions. Okay. Yeah. And I want to, I want these answers off the top of the dome. I don't want any preparation for this. So, Josh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you the three questions first. I'll get your answers, then, Trey, I'm going to ask you. So, Josh, number one, who's your sleeper team this year and why? You know, my sleeper team, 
Uh, I don't. It'd be the Cowboys, man, and I hate to say it. Uh, I don't know. How bad could... did that hurt? Yeah, dude. How, tell uh, me how bad this Yeah, it's. I'm sitting here and it's like hurting my my soul. And I mean, they're they're nice. Um, I don't know if you could consider them a sleeper. People probably have them pretty high on playing well, but I mean, their their offense is gonna be stacked. Uh, their defense I mean, they're, they're is, loaded everywhere, man. Yeah, their defense is pretty top notch as well. Um, I think they got a lot of pieces on offense, and God, they just added a killer piece. Then they just get CD. Yeah, CD. Line. Uh, that's gonna be insane. Uh, I'm I'm actually scared to like play them this year. Um, usually they're close. I hope it's another close game, but I mean, they're a sleeper for me. Cowboys. Uh, all right, all right. Number two for you, Josh. Who wins the MVP award this year? Uh, I also have uh, kind of like it's funny. I think Tom Brady might win it. Okay, Ooh. but that's our first yeah. Tom Brady when we actually yeah. had. I think Tom Brady still has a little fire underneath him. He's got numerous pieces around him. He's gonna explode. I think. Okay. I think he's gonna explode. I like it. All right. And then number th- number three for you, um, Josh. Who's the Super Bowl matchup this year, and who wins it? So I don't. I didn't want to be like everyone else and be like Chiefs, Ravens, stuff <laughs> like that. So uh, they're both in the AFC, so you can't pick that as a matchup. Well, yeah, football. but I mean, I have it a little different. Uh, at Chiefs versus the Cowboys. Wow. Ooh. Okay, I really like that actually. Wow. Okay. Who do you have winning? The win Chiefs. It? So you have you have Patrick Mahomes going back to back. That's like I think that's our second person that said that, which is kind of surprising. I honestly thought it would be more people that said that, but yeah. Okay. So you got Chiefs going back to back and beat Dallas. I know you will love watching Dallas lose in the Super Bowl. I know that'll be fun. <laughs> I would hate to watch them get there though. Oh, it, that that would be that would be the painful part, man. Watching them get all the way there. All right, Trace. I'm gonna ask you now. Who's your sleeper team this year and why, man? I think I would have to go with the Bills. The okay. Bills. Okay. The Bills, man, I mean, their defense this year, like from last year going into this year, I mean, the same team just about. I mean, going yeah, I like in there, it. I, like- I think they're going to win the division, no doubt. And they're probably going to make a good run in the playoffs for sure. So you have Bills winning even though Cam went to the Patriots? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I mean, I mean the Patriots this. don't have a team, so, I mean. Yeah, that's true. You got Cam Newton in. You don't really have the receivers for him. Um, all right, number two, Trey, who wins the MVP award this season? Man, man, that's tough to say. I think the quarterback at uh, Kansas City, giving it to him again, two years yeah. in a row. Giving it to Mahomes, he's two taking it. He's taking it. All right, I like it. So he's going to win his second MVP. Okay, let's, yeah. see if you, let's see what you have in the Super Bowl. Um, all right, so who's your Super Bowl matchup and who wins it? I'm going to put Kansas City in there, too. I just don't know who the NFC side would be. So, I guess, who, you, who could you think, bro? Who, who would be some options he can get from? Uh, for the NFC, Seattle, 49ers, Seattle, 49ers Cowboys. Saints. Um, yeah, Saints. Uh, I mean, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Um, I might have to I go mean, to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Imagine, imagine watching Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Unreal. Man, who wins it? Does this Patrick Mahomes get it or does Tom Brady win it with his new team? Is that is, are you going to say they're going to beat the Chiefs in your matchup or do you think the Chiefs? Uh, beat nah, them? I can't say I can't say that. Chiefs, man, so they're just 
There you go. There you go. We got two uh, picks for the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. One for Patrick Mahomes, one in MVP. That, that's uh, yeah. I guess one for Tom Brady as well from Josh. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. I, I like those picks. Uh, Josh, I can't believe that was the first time we've had Tom Brady in there for the MVP. No one else has said that. So if that happens, man, that's all you. That's all you. You called it uh, out the gate. And we, <laughs> we have it on recording, it. too. Yeah. Uh, no one dude, he's going to be a – I think – I like – everybody likes to give uh, credit to Belichick. But I think a lot of it was Tom Brady, too, man. So I think he's going to get down there. And uh, I think they're just going to hand the team to him as well. I mean, obviously there's going to be some coaching involved. But I think Tom Brady's kind of like a LeBron James. I mean, after a while, he's just going to – do it himself so i mean yeah. after a while just kind of give him the ball and let him take care yeah of it. just let him take care of it he's gonna he's gonna do what he needs to do i think tom brady i think he's gonna have a killer year i like it man it's gonna be interesting to see what he does down there in tampa uh but guys i appreciate both of you coming on spending time with me and bo talk about your favorite team there's a lot going on with the team so it was cool to hear your thoughts on everything and hear how excited you are about the team heading into next year once again, everyone, please go follow Blitzalytics on Twitter and visit Blitzalytics.com. Go to the Members tab, find Jacob Patterson, check out the articles and the scouting report that I have written. Bo, go ahead and let them know where to find you, man. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, capital T-S-R, lowercase B-E-A-U, uh, and T-S-R Bo. And you can find me on www.stillcurtain.com. I uh, just had an article come out last week and I should be working on one here soon. And guys, please go follow me on Twitter at Scouting LLC and follow TSR on Instagram at Scouting underscore LLC. As always, guys, go subscribe, go give a review, and go TSR. Till next week, everybody, peace. Peace. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. So all that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball, we're ready, so let's go. Well, I got-